Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Annie, directed by Will Gluck and released in 2014. The plot of the movie goes something like this. Annie, a foster kid who lives with the abusive Miss Hannigan, sees her life change when business tycoon and New York mayoral candidate Will Stacks takes her in to improve his image. Cool. Annie, big kids Christmas release of the year and very exciting movie in the sense that we have a black Annie and a black Daddy Warbucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was really excited about it because, um, well, for a lot of reasons, I like musicals and um, I was looking forward to an update of the story and I thought that it's it's like a, you know, rich versus poor movie and then it's also got black people in it. You'd think it would have like a really good platform for a social agenda Mm. it doesn't do anything with it no it's very like um small l liberal capitalist movie it's a very cap like like it's very greed is good kind of yeah there's a whole central bit about anyone can make it so long as you work hard enough oh and a song about it that's not from the original okay yeah so annie is a really good story with good songs Mm. Why they decided that they couldn't just go with a good story with good songs, I don't know. But it kind of kills the, like, it. they they try to complicate it too much, the story gets all muddled, and they ruin most of the songs. Um, Yeah, it's a really, like, they've tried to make a really modern update, I think. They do a couple of songs, they they do the famous songs, as they're supposed to be done, the two well-known songs, It's a Hard Knock Life and Tomorrow. But everything else, they break out of that style and they tr- make it like I don't but know. Even those two are kind of like yeah. Even those two are kind of like you know changed. Yeah. Um, but the others, some of the other ones, um, I think I'm going to like it. Here was terrible, like terrible. The way that they updated it and and the songs that were written original for the for the movie, they don't even rhyme some of the time. <laughs> like <laughs> who wrote those? They're t- I, I saw I saw one of them is Sia, you know, Chandelure Lady. Yeah, but well she sings it. I don't know if she no, wrote No, she's it was in the credits. Yeah, but she she wrote the Moonquake Lake song that we heard over the credit. So like I don't know did she write one of the other ones as well? Her name and two others were original songs by Okay, because okay, yeah, they were terrible, like really terrible. Mm. Yeah, just like because Annie is a good story, right? It's good. Why did they? Yeah, and and I liked a lot about this movie. I really like Quevenjani Wallace. She's fantastic, like really, really good actor, better than a lot of the adults around her. Yeah, no, she was, I mean, she's the best Annie in any, I've seen all of the Annies. <laughs> as far as I know, I've seen the 1982 one, the 1999 one, and now this one. There was a 1999 Annie? Yeah, the 1999 one was the one I was showing you with Victor Garber in it. Oh, right. And and Audra McDonald. And who was so, the, who you know, was Annie? actual Broadway stars in it. Yeah, yeah, who was Annie? I don't know, oh. some kid. Um, <laughs> like, the, I mean, I don't know the names of either of the other Annies, but. Like there was there there was another one before 1982 as well I think um, but anyway yeah so but, I mean I think Convention A Wallace was a really really good Annie um, really she's just so cute and so bubbly mm-hmm. and so effectively bubbly so you just kind of buy it and without that kind of pitch that some of the other Annies have um, and she, I think she sings okay but it's kind of hard to tell through the auto tune yeah she's she wasn't a great singer but she's a really good actor she's got a lot of really subtle little gestures mm. she's a really good screen actor and she can really d- convey feeling with just like a look or a kind of 
attitude, like a physical attitude. She's very, very clever. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. Um, and Jamie Foxx, I feel like, could have made a really good Daddy Warbucks. He, mm. like, he did the, the journey of Daddy Warbucks. Sorry, Stacks. It's not, why did they change his name? It's pointless and it doesn't sound as good. Yeah, weird. I don't know. And then they also had to change Easy Street. But anyway, um, which is my favorite song from the movie, by the way. You know, uh, the one that the bad guys sing? And, the, and you were just playing the 982 version yeah. just before and it was really good. So that is the original. Line, I mean, the 1982 version is performed by Tim Curry, Bernadette Peters and Carol Burnett. <laughs> I don't think you can get better than those three. You certainly can't get better than those three with Bobby Cannavale and Cameron Diaz. I still think Bobby Cannavale was one of the best things in the movie because he was like really hamming it up and he was very funny. Like most of the laughs that I had came from him. And he's a, you know, a, a Broadway actor and as well and stuff like that. So he's, I guess, like comes from the tradition that the same, that the movie comes from. Yeah. But they also, okay, they cast Tracy Toms in this movie as Annie's fake mother, right? Yeah. They put Tracy Toms in this movie and she doesn't get to sing. <laughs> they put Rose Byrne in this movie and she gets to sing a lot. <laughs> now, I like Rose Byrne, and Rose Byrne looked like she was having an awful lot of fun in this movie. She can't sing. Mm. I really liked Rose Byrne, actually. She was, like, she really committed to it. Yeah, like I said, I mean, she, and she was so sweet with, um, with Annie. Like, mm. it was, no, that but she's, she's was not really a good. singer. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but then, like, Jamie Foxx sounded like he's not a singer, and I he know him. is he a singer. Sing, yeah. Like, he can sing, and they gave him awkwardly auto tuned stuff. Oh, and two of the songs in this movie particularly, oh, apart from the update of um, I Think I'm Gonna Like It Here, which was terrible, the two original songs, the well, all three original songs were bad, but at least one of them was performed entirely by Convention A. Wallace, so it wasn't quite as bad. Yeah. But the other two were the one in the helicopter, mm. which was terrible, and the one um, the, the one I that, thought was, the that was score when it first started up you can't see him singing and I was like oh okay they've got him singing on the score that's another thing because um, it, it, it actually does take out some of the songs from the original musical and put them into score mm. there's a couple of songs that you can hear on the soundtrack that are songs from the original musical that they don't perform for some reason when it's a musical and it could have really done with those songs because it got slow a lot yeah, it was a little long. There was a song, and you saw me checking my watch, and you're like, yeah, this song is boring. That's the three of them. The one with the three yeah. of them is really, really stupid and terrible. And, and also, they gave Miss Hannigan this redemption arc. Miss Hannigan doesn't need a redemption arc. Mm. Also, that the, the, the basic premise of it, right, which is um, Annie goes to live with Mr. Warbucks, and then it's Miss Hannigan who comes up with the idea to fake Annie's parents with a couple of her friends mm. and try and get her taken away. She was, And she was originally, like, she thought her parents were dead. Mm. So this movie has Annie thinking her parents are alive. Now, I, I sort of understand in that they probably wouldn't get away with the orphanage concept in the same way with Miss Hannigan running it. Like, mm. it works better as a foster home in the modern day, yeah, right? Yeah, although it is, it is kind of like she's a she's like a slumlord but with orphans. Like, she's collecting money from the state to have these six girls in one room. Yeah, but I think that kind of makes sense yeah. in the current sort of – concept yeah. of how we think of things but oh, yeah there's a really means- good line early on it, it's he was a president in the 1930s and everyone was poor so it was just like today but without the internet yeah <laughs> like, it starts I- off really, like this great little message and there's sort of bits of it throughout like the fact that annie 
has clearly slipped through the cracks and can't read and he's got to pay for private tutors and things. And they don't take that and say, well, and they, and they set up a literacy centre at the end and all that kind of stuff, but it's sort of... No, they, I, did, I missed that. Yeah, so <laughs> at the end he set up a literacy centre because she can't read and so he, he wants to help other kids who can't read. So he kind of gets to see... <laughs> Is it the literacy centre for kids who can't, can't read? read good? <laughs> yeah. to do other stuff good too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they called it. Uh. Um, so, yeah, that's what they're doing at the end when they have the big song at, at the end. So the, the one that for some reason they have Miss Hannigan ruin. Or they don't re- recover either. They, no. they they just stop it there anyway with whatever. Yeah, so they, it's kind of like he learns this very subtle message about like how the system wrecks kids, but he's just all the way through the middle of it. It's all about the individual and doing as hard as you can and where you know you can come from anywhere and work really hard and make it to the top. Yeah, which uh, is not a um, modern message and not one that I think will, is really – Good and will resonate with well, people. I think, given that you've got your leads are black and you've got a wealthy black man and also a, a black girl whose parents have, or you know, she's been abandoned, she doesn't have a family, you would think that would be a really good opportunity to actually talk through some of the social issues involved. Mm. Yeah, that, well, that's what but I was then, thinking. On the other hand, it's so important that the movie got made anyway. Like, basically, Every powerful black person in entertainment is on the credits for this mm. because they they had to work really really hard just to get it made and so in many ways you probably expect that they went for a really fairly conventional message and they just kind of went with it on that kind of stuff just so it got out there. So I yeah. don't know. I can't. I don't really know the story. I don't either. But like like I was saying, the the, the foster care thing really muddles the whole message of the whole like it, it gets so confusing with the um the actual concept of her parents showing up and they hold the open auditions and they have the dna test and you're like why why bother with the dna test we know it's not that she's they're not her real parents you don't have to convince us that like it, it was so see i actually liked all that stuff because i i liked the whole like I actually liked Miss Hannigan, you know, as long as she wasn't singing. No, but um, she was she was like physically abusive and neglectful, so I, I know, didn't like her. Like didn't like her. I liked the performance. Um because that was that's like there was something in there about her being, you know, fame hungry and all that kind of stuff. The the whole everybody thinks that if they work hard enough they can get there kind of thing, that everybody thinks they can become famous. Yeah. And there was that sort of message about her. I didn't really I didn't- get that from her. I'm all I mean, I I get like that and and I understand that, but the thing is you don't get to have a redemption arc when you have I just don't. I don't agree with giving her an, a redemption arc when she's that abusive in the first place. Well, and then all she does is turn around and go, "Okay, kids, I need your help," and they're all like, "Okay." Yeah, like, that why? she's there was a couple of things that happened them. a little bit too easily there, but I like that they. I don't know. I mean, if if she can go from being horribly abusive to like not being horribly abusive, I am supportive of that arc. Yeah, I understand that, but I don't think, I mean, I don't know that it's particularly sending a good message. Mm. The message it's sending to kids who watch this is, don't worry, your abusive parents really do love you, right? Like, that's the message it's sending. One day they'll be better. 
that's that's not the good. thing is abusive it's parents full of terrible do messages. love their kids i know but it, it's it that's what it is it's i mean it's telling you just hold out they'll get better and stuff like that and it's not really like she should have you know, i don't know it just there's so many problems with the messages and you know well the turning no into no yep, yeah because you're just too scared to say yes that's a massive massive problem in the middle of the movie about ter- turning no's into yeses like that's so bad yeah, I mean, especially for little black girls. Little black girls have like the worst of it in terms of people trying to cr- cross their boundaries and tell them what to do. Like little black girls of all people need to learn to say no and to learn that it's okay for them to say no and set their own boundaries. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think like the the point of it was trying to get. You have to get Daddy Warbucks. I'm not calling him Stacks from from <laughs> where he is at the beginning to where he is at the end, right? Yeah, of course. And of so course. she has to convince him to say yes to things. Of course, that's kind of the point of the character. But, you don't but the to- way that they put that message across was really wrong, especially when it says when you say no, it's just you're too scared to say yes. And the whole storyline where the guy from the grocery store is ha- harassing Miss Hannigan, like. That all that stuff is is like, about turning no's into yeses. Exactly, it's a real problem. Yeah, and I mean, he's to be fair, he's not a terrible person. Like he no. does genuinely treat her very nicely, but he's constantly after her after she keeps blowing him off. Mm. And then she goes, "Why are you so nice to me?" And I'm like, "It's not nice to you when he's yelling at you from your like from the street to your window." Mm. <laughs> like it's not nice. No. It's just not. There's so many kind of, uh, and then that takes up so much time as well because it's such a long movie. Mm. And whenever Kevin Wallace isn't on screen, it's not a very good movie. <laughs> yeah, it probably could have done with a bit of an bit of an edit in that sense. But then also they could have just fixed the songs. Oh god, which would have worked. Like they're good songs as they are. They should be catchy. I should be humming them when I walk out of the cinema. Yeah, I should be humming the ones I don't know. I should have learned a new song today. I don't know. I mean, even the ones that I did know, I should be humming by the time I go. I didn't wasn't humming them because I didn't. They they didn't sound like the original songs very much. Although I did really like "It's a Hard Knock Life," and I think all of the little girls were really talented, especially the little girl, um, the other little black girl. Yeah, was yeah. One of the best singers in the movie. They were fantastic. Those little girls. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of them. And they did the dance, the Hard Knock Life dance number through the apartment was terrific mm. while they were cleaning. They had a dance number at the end too. They were fantastic. Yeah, I liked those guys. And I thought when Annie and Daddy Warbucks were clicking, it worked well, mm. apart from that song in the helicopter. But like, you know. That helicopter scene went away too long. Oh God, like, I get terrible. that you have budget for a helicopter, but you don't need to give me a 10 minute scene. Like, it could have just been a little scene, you know, a little trip in a helicopter. That would have been really exciting for her anyway. Yeah, and there are certain there are certain really, really clunky bits. Like, when she's chasing after the – she they don't show her chasing after the dog for long enough before they cut back to the car. Mm. She takes off after it and it's a sudden cut, so it's very uh, distracting. Yeah, I had some issues with the way this was directed and edited. Yeah. There were some shots and some cuts that didn't quite make sense. Yeah. And certain shots where they were – when she's running and then they like the way they shoot her through cars and things is just it's not visual i think they were trying to be visually interesting but it wasn't yeah i feel like they were trying way too hard probably <laughs> they were trying too hard to make it modern they were trying too hard to make it cool they were trying way too hard to take this very very good simple story like cuz it is a it's a good story mm. oh, it's got problems with the original story loads of them but it's a good story mm. um that you know, the, you know it's a simple one, and it's one that appeals to lots of kids. 
and that's what you're trying to do. So why would you take that kind of really good simple story and and make it so twisted and convoluted and there was with weird songs and extra there was lots bits of things in, in it for the adults too. A heck of a lot of little like nineties references. Okay, yes, <laughs> yeah. the, I did really, really like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air reference. That was fantastic. CNC Music Factory and Hootie and the Blowfish, not quite so much. No. Um I could have been but, actually I did I but, did think it was funny when well, she was like, I was almost one of Hootie's blowfish. No, that no. was kind of funny. Well, with what you've just said though, I wonder if it's one of these cases where there's a lot of pressure on this movie, and this is a Sony movie, and there's a lot of pressure on Sony <laughs> to make good movies. Oh my god, I'm loving the Sony leaks, by the way. Oh my god, the emails. Well, I mean um, it's so problem so many problems. So but many, anyway. Oh, yeah, I but it, it tells it's basically telling us everything we know and has been saying about Hollywood that they're horribly racist and sexist and they are obsessed with how much money they make and all but that's kind of beside the point what I'm saying is like there's so much pressure on this movie to succeed Mm. and it feels like a movie made by committee Mm. so I feel like they've tried really really hard to kind of please everybody that was involved in giving them money. Mm. Like, oh, we should do this. Oh, we should throw this in. Oh, can you, can you, why don't you collaborate with this person? Why don't you throw this in? And they might have just. Let's get trying- Patricia Clarkson, Clarkson in for a cameo. Oh, why? <laughs> just why? randomly as a phone tester. What? The Jay Z cameo makes total sense. Patricia Clarkson? I, I don't know. Well, Jay Z was, yeah, Jay Z was a producer. Yeah, but. Like I, I feel like maybe it's one of those things where there's been so much pressure put on it and it's one of those things that we, we fear will happen with Wonder Woman where there's so much pressure, there's this one female black-led movie and there's so much pressure on it to succeed and there's just all these people going, oh, but you know what, let's change this. Oh, let's do this. Let's add this in. Oh, I don't I don't know. I've, I think we need to have this as well and oh, why don't we get Sia in? She's really hot. While I, I can see the problems on the screen, I also kind of wonder what's gone on in the background to make that happen. That song where they all sing together they rhyme it with it (laughs) they rhyme it with it and it doesn't even fit the beats in the line (laughs) like there's one part where 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 annie ends a line a beat too soon Mm. it's so bad like it's just so awkward and when that's happening it's so hard for me to watch i just wanted to slink down in my seat and go away Mm. like Oh my god! It's so yeah, yeah. It's, they have good songs. Use the good songs, and they have good bones. Like Quevin Johnny Wallace is great. The guy who plays Nash is great. Rose Byrne <laughs> is giving it. Anuelle Akinoye Agbaje. Yeah, Mr. Echo from Lost. Oh right, yeah, yeah. He, I've never seen him play Sweet before. Right. It was quite entertaining to yeah. watch. Uh, Bobby Cannavale is great. Jamie Foxx is great. Like apart yeah. from his singing, and he's a singer. I don't get it. Anyway, no, but that's the thing. Like I can't tell if C- Cameron Diaz is actually a good singer from this movie because the music was louder than her, and she was auto tuned all to hell. It like, didn't sound like she was a very good singer. No, it didn't. But there was some like she. She did a whole rock number, and I was like, maybe if they let it sound like a rock number, she would be better. Yeah. Like, I don't know, because she really, like, threw herself at it. I just don't I don't know what they were trying to do. I really, really liked that one lady with the Eastern European accent. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the bureaucrat. Yeah. I thought that was good, too, because the whole, like, the whole complicatedness of the foster system and all that kind of stuff was actually really funny to me. Yeah, but she was also she did a one-handed she, flip. I know with a handbag. Yeah, like she did. A, she did the. She had Quentin Johnny Wallace come across her back with yeah. a handbag on. I'm like, wow, she's talented. I know. I liked her. She was great. She actually could, you know, perform. 
I I I like Rose Byrne, but like I I'm, the 1999 movie had Audra McDonald in that role. Mm. Audra McDonald is a Tony winner and an amazing singer and a good actress. Um, she was in. Did you ever watch Private Practice? Oh, I know who Audra McDonald oh, is. Oh, okay. Um, she's really like it, it's so hard to watch a mo- go from that to Rose Byrne in that role because Rose Byrne did sort of the connection and the sweetness and the energy and stuff, I think, better than Audra McDonald did, but then she falls down completely on the singing. Yeah, and it would have been more fun if there was more singing because it's a movie for, like... It's a musical. It was a musical, but you kind of can imagine little, like, groups of young girls, like tween girls, going along and... If it had done the songs well, they would have all wanted to learn the songs and the choreography and like you want Frozen. Yeah, exactly. You want yes, you want Frozen. You want the li- but like all the things that we like to do when we were like ten or eleven, where you get together with your friends and you choreograph dance moves and you pretend you're in the movie like that. That's what you're aiming for. Yeah, and- there's one from earlier. Um, one of the earlier ones, or maybe both of the earlier ones, has this has the "You're Never Fully Dressed Without a Smile." Yep. which is one of the songs that you could hear as a soundtrack song, yep, yep, but yep. wasn't actually in the movie. And that's because they see a toothpaste commercial on TV. <laughs> and originally, it's because they hear a radio, it hear it on the radio, yep. right? And they, but then in the 1999 one, I. I think they see a toothpaste commercial on TV and they do the you know be fully fully dressed without a smile and they all like do their brushing their teeth thing and they are like joking around with each other which is really sweet mm. and like you know that kind of thing is what you want in this movie so that you can get all the girls to get into it mm. and you want the little girls to get into it I would love for the little girls to look up to Annie in this movie she's terrific right, right. like. Well, yeah, like apart from the yes into no into yeses thing, huh? The turning no into oh, yeses yeah, yeah. thing. Oh, and that opportunity song. God, that was terrible. That was bad too because it was all about it's all about the individual, and if you just try hard enough, you can make it. This is a whole movie about a girl who's been let down by every support system society has to offer. Like, yeah, I know. you just like you can't make her sing that. <laughs> That's terrible. You've given me the, this opportunity. I won't f it up. But like it. Oh. It is. It's, it's so bad. It's awful. And then and really it's also- cynical and weird. And also like- Especially she's, Fanny. She's a great kid and deserves an opportunity, but so do the five or six other girls who live in that house with her. Yeah. And well, that's always been a problem with the story though. Well, Because <laughs> you always have those kids and, and they that's always- right. and They come for Christmas or something, but there's like no- They don't get adopted or anything. Right. And it's just set in an orphanage and one of them is, you know, 13 and she's like, nobody wants a teenager. And, Pepper. And she, yeah. And she's I liked right. her. Like, <laughs> I liked her too. And also, I was, I was like, I don't know why. I was clearly hormonal while I was watching. Cause I was like, I would adopt you. I would love to have, see, but cause I think tween girls are fabulous. I think they're just, they love what they love and they get right into the things they get into. And they're just kind of like in this stage of life where there's, there's so much potential. And I think mm. tween girls are absolutely wonderful and we'll happily hang out with them. But I, I, I totally get where she's coming from. And it's just like, oh, this poor kid. Mm. Yeah. I know. That's, that's sort of, I mean, and, and also, yeah, uh, it's I don't know. It's just so bad. <laughs> it's so badly kind of orchestrated. I and there's so many mess. I know it is such a mess and there's so many good bits like you said the bones of it are good like and and it has all these all this good foundation mm. and then they kind of built this crazy mansion on top of it. 
Yeah. Like, on top of the very solid foundations, they decided to add, you know, turrets that aren't supported by anything, and <laughs> this is what it feels like. It's just this mess of a movie, and everybody is trying really hard mm. to make it work, and it's not working. They are trying really hard everybody to make it work. Everybody really commits. Like, Cameron Diaz is really committed to that part. And yeah. Like, I Rose Byrne is really committed. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And Convention A. Wallace is all in this, you know. like oh, and she's great. And she's great. And, you know, she is so great. She's an Oscar nominee, this girl. Mm. Like, she's terrific. Give her something good to do with it. Mm. And even the storyline with her and the dog doesn't really work. Oh, and the hurricane thing? Oh, my God. Oh, that was such a terrible joke. Was so bad. That like, was how did they how did they get that through? It's offensive. Yeah, it's not funny, and it's offensive. Hurricane Sandy hurt lots and lots of black people in New York and New Jersey and Queens. Like, really, guys, guys. The dog is Sandy in color. You don't need a line to support the name, right? Just. Ugh. Anyway, and also they should the relationship between her and the dog was not done. Like, no, I should have wanted the dog by the end of it, but there was nothing. I didn't feel any kind of connection between her and the dog. Yeah, because I think well, that's that's another weird cut where she, they're like, she's like, oh, I want that one in there, and that he's like, don't get it. Then she's sitting there with the dog, and she's like, now we found each other. We will never let each other go. Yeah, <laughs> and there's no like build up to like it's obviously the dog that she was trying to save earlier. But why did that? Why why that big break? Why didn't she just take the dog then? It doesn't make sense. That no build up stuff actually comes back in the end where he kind of just walks over to the press and announces that he's no longer running for mayor. Like there's not it it's there's no it doesn't work through anything. She tells him something, he does something. There's no no you'd have to have like a bit of resistance, a bit of conflict there before he goes and tells them that he's not running for me. Or like a build up to there's that. No, there's no build up and just kind of like okay, this happened, okay, then this happens. Yeah, that but that's the pro yeah, that happens all the it's way so, through the movie. It's and like, this is that editing thing again, or maybe it's storytelling, I don't know, but it hasn't been done right. No, it hasn't. And then, like, they'll, they'll do something that'll kind of win you over for a few minutes and then immediately do something that ruins everything, mm. you know? And you're just like, why can't you guys just get it together? Mm. You've got something good here and you've wasted it. And the songs, oh, my God. And it's something important as well. So it's that whole thing where we get one movie. Like, there's one black female-led movie for tween girls comes out and, like, for every, you know – Never. Comes out never. How how many of these do you get? And it's kind of like, uh, but then again, I sort of, well, maybe that's the pressure that was on it. And maybe that's why it went so bad. Yeah, but, but we can't I, really judge it by the pressure that was on no, it. No, we don't know. Problem. We can like, only judge it by what we saw. Yeah. And what we saw is bad. It's just bad. And it's not because anybody is not trying apart from the people who mate, like who were involved in actually writing and putting this out there you know like yeah. everybody who's try everybody else is trying yeah and all, to make all, this work all and the actors is, are working their butts off it's so unfair because again it is one of those movies where you don't get a lot of movies like this and you want it to be good and you want it to succeed so that they make more movies like this but then they've screwed it up so badly that you can't like i i can't in good conscience say this is a great movie no. Because it's not. I can't. But what I well, but there are some things I can say. I can say Quevin Johnny Wallace is a fantastic actor and should be given more chances to carry movies because she's great. Mm. Well, she's carried two now, so Yeah. So I really have to see Beasts of the Southern Wild. Mm. 
Yeah, so she's great and she can carry a movie and hopefully off the back of this, she gets to do more of that and then there are more movies that are made for little black girls to enjoy because they deserve it, God knows. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, no, I can't in good conscience say this is a great movie. No, and I it, feel bad because I, I, if you sort of watched a clip version of this movie where you, like, cut out whole ch- chunks of it, mm. then maybe you could make a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if easy you edited street, it. God, it's such a wasted opportunity, you know? Like, mm. there's so many wasted opportunities in this movie that it just – like, why couldn't they have still just had Miss Hannigan have – like some black friends who she said, yeah, we'll just pretend that you guys are her parents. It, it. Oh, I think the audition thing was funny. That made me laugh. Yeah, it was, but it, it was so convoluted and confusing and it didn't go anywhere because then they just had Bobby Cannavale do it. They didn't, there wasn't any payoff to that. There's no, they, there's a lot of setup with no payoff. Right. There's a lot of, and, and the, the plot is very, very convoluted and I, I felt, that the whole, the way they ended up doing the parents' storyline, because I knew it was coming, I think, mm. and I was like, they're trying really hard to make this happen in this movie. Um, and it is a problem that in the original it comes out of nowhere, but at the same time it's like it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense a lot of the time, I felt. Mm. Also, it doesn't make any sense to put Tracy Toms in as her mother because she didn't sing because Tracy Toms is a really, really, really good singer. Yeah. Like, she could blow every single other person in this movie out of the water with her singing. Yeah. Probably that's why they didn't get her to sing. Yeah. Well, I mean, and m- maybe. maybe that's what they were doing. Maybe they were like, Convention A. Wallace isn't the greatest singer ever, so let's put a whole lot of good, a lot of people who can't sing very well, and let's make Jamie Foxx not sing very well in order to match it. I don't know. All very odd. Great to see Tracy Thompson because she's always awesome. And also, Jamie Foxx's would go into falsetto at weird moments. <laughs> Did you notice that? He would he would break out the falsetto in like yeah. in the middle of a line, <laughs> in the middle of like a a, yeah. a song. He would just go into falsetto when it wasn't appropriate. I, at all. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> so weird. Yeah, the the directing on this, like the the performances that they got, I was just like, that's an interesting choice. That was your best take. Yeah. The only one that I actually thought was really, really good all the way through was was actually Cameron Diaz's um, Little Girls, mm. which wasn't sung well. Um, you know, if you oh, want to see one that's sung well, go watch Carol Burnett do it. Um, and also with better physical comedy, go watch Carol Burnett do it. But th- she did that in almost one take. Oh, and right. she hit every every word and she was thrashing around like a former rock star should be. Mm. That was the only song that I felt was actually shot well. Mm. Because it came, it went through the apartment, it followed her around, it was yeah. one take and she was really like belting it out. Yeah. So that was the only one where I – because there were certain points when Annie's uh, – what she was lip syncing wasn't matching up to the song. Oh, and there dear. were some points when people were singing and they were shot from behind. Yes. I, I don't think this guy is a good director. No, I don't he think so He doesn't either. know what to capture. I don't think so either. Like, it, it, there were really weird decisions and so many reflections. Mm. Like, oh, it's all it, – it's this movie isn't about identity. They tried to force this identity storyline into it. Did mm. you notice that? Yeah. Like, when they're all looking in the mirror all the time and there's that – tomorrow is full of Annie looking in reflections and seeing other families together – and then oh, know, other families together makes sense. No, but it's really odd because, like, I would think that you would you would do it so that you could keep seeing her with her parents, right? Right? Like, 
she looks in the reflection, like the mirror of Erised or something, and she looks in the reflection and sees she's her parents with her instead of a bunch of other families who aren't even on the street anyway. Mm. Like she could just walk down the street and see all the families and be sad or something, something. Right. Like it just doesn't connect. Like they had this concept for the song, but they didn't think it through all the way or something. Do you know what actually I did think was funny? They go to a movie premiere in the oh. middle. <laughs> that was the best part of what the movie. What is it? Moon something. Moon Quake Lake. Moon Quake Lake, directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. And <laughs> it's not really directed by them because it has at least three women in it and I know what their movies are like. So, But it's got like um, Mila no, but Kunis. but it was like a Twilight Yeah, it was like this of- Twilight ripoff <laughs> with Mia- Mila Kunis. <laughs> As the moon girl and Rihanna as the queen of the moon, or queen something. of the moon. Oh my god! I was like, yes, I will, I will be your subject. <laughs> yeah. And and, and she does this like face thing that's really cool. Yeah. And then Ashton Kutcher. So there's like a little seventies show reunion there, it, and they're actually in real life together. I didn't know that they have a kid. What? Yeah, yeah, he, maybe. Wasn't he with Demi Moore like yesterday? Oh, like a while ago. I don't pay any attention. You know I never know what I didn't know they were together until stuff. they had a kid and I was like, they're together? That's so cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were that was that was funny and the reactions to it were genuinely funny. And the character's name was Zephron, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't notice. Yeah. <laughs> There was something in in this movie that I was like, is that a reference on purpose? But if the character's name was Zephron, it was probably a reference on purpose. It was. Oh my gosh, that was brilliant. I loved it. But also, like, that's the only time when you're. I think that's one of the only times when I really liked Daddy Warbucks Mm. when he was reacting to the movie and he was getting really into it. It It was was the best bit. And it was the post credit sequence as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, they, that's what how they how you know that it was like the best part mm. of the movie. They realized it was the best part of the movie, and the bit afterwards was kind of cute. Like that section of the movie worked best. Yeah, that little bit. Yeah, and and the dog bark- biting at balloons. Yes. Oh my god. And I, I suspect that was just the dog being mm. the, being a dog. That's probably why it worked. Yeah. When they let the the you know the when they let it the be people. natural, <laughs> like the 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 reactions to the movie were kind of natural. Like yeah. it felt it didn't feel forced. Mm. It felt like you know he was rolling his eyes at the beginning, at the end of it. He's like, but I want to know what happens, and yeah. it didn't feel like it was a moment that was really kind of forced on us. Yeah, and forced kind of cuteness or anything. It was just a a moment. Yeah, <laughs> and they were kind of bonding in that. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Are we done? <laughs> yeah, we're done. So you want to give. Give a rating to Annie. Yeah, I I'm gonna be like probably generous because I want to give Quevin John and Wallace some some love, and I want to give the movie some love for just actually being made in the first place. So mm-hmm. probably two and a half. Oh God, I'm torn between one and a half and two. I, I'll I'll go generous and give it two. Okay. That's that feels very generous. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you want to read the show notes um, or find our old episodes, you can do that on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of Annie and all the other movies that she has watched in December and <laughs> January, which is a lot, you can do that at her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. And um, – Oh, yes. If you want to find us on social media, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash silverscreenqueens. We're on Twitter at screen underscore queens. And we're on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you for listening. Bye. See you next time.